Hi, and welcome to the Hand in Hand Show, where caregivers and survivors have honest discussions about stroke. We are a part of stroke-focused podcasts. This is Cam, your host. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Hand in Hand Show, a part of Stroke Focus. Today, we're going to be interviewing Emery Moe, or as he's also known as Emo. He's 67, and he had a stroke in 2014 at the age of 63, and he had worked for decades as a computer engineer and had been a professional rock and roll bass player with about 200 musical dates a year. So life was good, but yet extremely busy. In October of 2014, he was working on a software project when he suddenly went completely blind, and he was uh, taken by ambulance to a hospital emergency room where he was completely misdiagnosed. They thought there was something wrong with his eyes, so he did go. They sent him home, and he did go call his doctor, who had him go to an ophthalmologist. They said his eyes were fine, and they referred him to a neurologist. And then the neurologist immediately, at that point, sent him to an MRI. But unfortunately, there was delay in treatment. So I am going to go ahead and welcome Emo. Hey, Emo. Hi. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Tell us what happened that day. If I remember correctly, there was maybe a 10-day or so span before the MRI. It wasn't 10 days. It was probably four, maybe five days. But, yeah, I was just sitting in my office having a a conference with one of our um, project managers, uh, we were just trying to iron some stuff out, and all of a sudden, uh, her face just disappeared. It was like I was looking into a black hole. I could still see her clothes and her hair, but her face was gone. Over the course of the next probably 10 minutes, that black hole expanded until I was just completely blind. So... I said, hey, something's really wrong here. I'm sorry, i got to stop this conversation. They called uh, 911 and brought in a, they took me to the hospital in an ambulance. They checked you out at the emergency room and basically kind of just told you to call your doctor. Yeah, they said, oh, well, seven to ten days, call your doctor. And I went, this seems a little more serious than waiting seven to ten days. So I called them right away. He said, I told him what happened, and he said, well, go see an ophthalmologist right away. So I did, and the ophthalmologist said, now there's nothing wrong with your eyes. So I heard him on the phone with my with my primary care doctor after that, and uh, they decided to give me a prescription at that time for Plavix, a blood thinner, and then I went back to see my primary care doctor who sent me to, to a neurologist who took a look at me and said, oh, we need to get this guy in for an MRI. I could hear her on the phone with the with the lab saying, I need to get this guy in for an MRI stat. And as soon as I heard the word stat, I went, uh-oh, this is kind of bad. So, um, Stat is not good in medical terminology. I just went over for the MRI. I had that. And then as I was leaving the uh, laboratory, I said, well, we'll, we'll send the results to your neurologist. 
just, you know, just go home and your neurologist will be back in touch with you. And so I went home and actually my wife brought me home because I could no longer drive, obviously. As we were coming in the front door, the phone was ringing and it was my neurologist saying, I need you back in my office right now. I went right back and that's when she told me that I'd had a stroke. You were pretty busy before your stroke. Tell us about life before stroke. As you mentioned, I was working, I had a full-time job as a, as a computer analyst working for a software company. You know, it was a pretty good job. And besides that, I've been a rock and roll musician all my life, but for about the last 10 years up to this point, I was, I went professional. So I was working two jobs basically playing a lot, probably about 200 nights a year. I'm sure I wasn't getting enough sleep, but, uh, that's my, that was my life. That's what I wanted to do. What has been the biggest part of your life that you have to get used to? The biggest frustration I have is I don't have the ability to do the problem solving that I needed for the computer analyst job. And aside from that is my concentration is severely limited to 10 or 15 minutes uh, on anything, and then I just get totally mentally exhausted. Mm-hmm. So that impacted uh, the, the computer analyst work as well as the music. I, I just couldn't play music at all. Tell me about that part. The problem was that since I can't concentrate on anything for more than 10 or 15 minutes, if I try to stretch beyond that, it just gets so mentally exhausting that I just 10 or 15 minutes on anything like that, I got to take a nap. I mean, it just totally wears me out. I'm sure other people can relate to this. One of the things that uh, we wanted to talk about, though, is that you are using a a couple of help, uh, your computer, and one is Luminosity.com and the other is BrainHQ.com. I've used Luminosity before. I didn't pay for that part. There is a part of it that's free. They're both supposed to challenge us and help with brain function. So tell us about your experiences with these. Well, I try to do them as often as I think of them. And a lot of times, you know, that's another thing is my short-term memory is not good anymore. And a lot of times I just plain forget to do, to do these exercises. But I find that when I do them, it, again, it's, it's a concentration for 10 or 15 minutes. And when I'm done, I got to go take a nap. But, I also find it very frustrating that I don't seem to be making any progress. They say that, you, you know, you're supposed to be able to, you know, see a little improvement over time. And I kind of hit a plateau, and, and it's a little frustrating. Well, I know that after the first year and a half to two years, I didn't see progress really anymore. And then one day it would be like, whoa, I couldn't do this before. I can do it now. You know, what happened? 
Well, apparently, I guess I'd been making different kinds of progress, whether it was physical or mental. And suddenly, I guess things fit together. And I saw that there was a difference. And I think after that amount of time, that's what happens with us is we may not see it right away. But that at some point, it's suddenly like, wow, I did this brain HQ I don't know anything about. I And I didn't get online to even look at it. Do you well, like over the other? Uh, they're very, very similar. Brain HQ seems to be... The games on there seem to be a little bit more difficult, a little more challenging. Uh, but, you know, it's the same basic concept where, where you've got these little video games that you play on your computer. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, part of my problem is I've never been a video game guy. I've always kind of hated, you know, like even yeah. back to the old days of Pac-Man and everything, I just never could stand doing that. And uh, yeah. Here all of a sudden I'm trying to do these games and I do them because I know they're good for me, but I never enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was never one of those game type people either. The games that they have are not really very much like Pac-Man or, or mm-hmm. Super Mario Brothers. There, there's a lot of uh, stuff where you have to do arithmetic quickly and mm-hmm. respond or you know, one of one of them that really frustrates me is they have a two pictures of stairs and and little stick figures going up the stairs or down the stairs. If it's a female figure, you're supposed to pick. Okay, is it the down the stairs or if it's a male figure, it's up the stairs or or vice versa. I don't remember. That is just like you're supposed to be able to respond to that really quickly, and I just don't. You know, I just, ah. So one of my last questions is going to be, you have a very supportive wife. Tell us yes, about that. She's fantastic. You know, she has pretty much learned to deal with the fact that I don't remember things well. So she leave me, leaves me lots of little notes in my on my place at the breakfast bar to, you know, to, when she needs me to do something during the day while she's at work. She had to take over all of our finances, paying the bills and everything. I used to do all of that, and I, and I just I get overwhelmed with facts and figures and numbers. Mm-hmm. So she took that over and never complains about it. And another thing I used to really like was cooking, that I find is extremely difficult because that's like a multitasking thing that I can't do. Um, I think uh, if, you know, I'm trying to make spaghetti and boil noodles and, and make sauce on two different burners on the stove, one of them's going to boil over because I can't, I can't pay attention to two things at the same time. Yeah. So she's pretty much taken over all of the cooking as well. Yeah, I'm fortunate my husband cooks some cooks mostly, but we do cook at times together. That helps me greatly because sometimes I get overwhelmed with the whole process and everything and, and trying to do more than two recipes even at one time or, or or two different things I can't always do and I have to have help. So um, I used to be a planner of parties. I always had parties, and, and I could put together a party in an hour. Huh, 
that party in an hour has turned into like, I can do it starting a couple of days before maybe. Uh, but cooking is really hard and you don't think of it as a multitasking thing. And I'm glad you brought that up because I'm sure a lot of people don't understand that it is multitasking. You know, you may have a recipe, you may have, you know, 12 ingredients and one thing needs to be stirred and one thing needs to be cooked or, or boiled or, you know, whatever it is. And they have to go in at certain times, whereas before, you know, we, we kind of had a rhythm. Now there's no rhythm because it's, it's difficult and, and we haven't, and maybe we can't learn a rhythm to be able to do it all for just even one meal. Or even if it's just one thing, like you said, if you have the sauce in one pan and the noodles in the other pan, one of them is going to, something's going to go wrong. But yeah, you said she does the finances and, and she does most of the cooking and she runs errands and stuff. So you have a most wonderful, supportive wife. Um, unfortunately, we know there are many people that don't have a, a spouse that's that supportive. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know what I'd do without her. I'd yeah. Be, I'd be in real trouble. Yeah. And this is good for people to hear because there are so many people that I read about on the Facebook pages and stuff where their spouses don't get it. They they don't try to figure out this new person or to understand them. And, and they end up, they leave or they are angry at, at the survivor and stuff. And I know that I'm fortunate with my husband and you're fortunate with your wife. And that just makes me happy to know that there are those of us that, that do have this. Congratulations. You have a, you have a good one. Yes. Thank you. So is there anything else you'd like to add to our conversation? I guess the one thing that we didn't talk about is my eyesight gradually came back about 80%, and it seems to have plateaued. I still have a a blind spot in the upper left quadrant in both eyes. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I have to to be careful walking down the street that I don't bump into uh, low-hanging tree branches, Mm-hmm. Or sometimes I hit my head if there's a, a cabinet left open in the kitchen. But uh, I, it, my eyesight did come back, which I'm very grateful for. And it, it actually enabled me to go renew my driver's license. But then I found that that goes back to the concentration thing, that I can't concentrate Mm-hmm. For more than 10 minutes on the road, and I just didn't feel safe. So yeah. I quit driving completely because I just wasn't willing yeah. to go out and hurt anybody. And actually, driving is another multitasking thing. You don't think about that, but you're having to watch. You're having to watch straight ahead, to the right, to the left, even behind you. You know, you're steering the wheel. You might be using a blinker. You know, the radio might be on, or maybe you choose to have it off. But that was one of the things I know for me that they were concerned that I'd never be able to drive because I have a concentration problem. But they were quite surprised that I could. Now, I have trouble with short-term memory, but my long-term memory is mostly there. And they said a lot of the things that I could do in the past, I should be able to do after the stroke. 
I want to thank you so much for being with us. I think your story will let others know that, you know, the concentration is a problem, napping is a problem for us, and that just simple things that we do at home can be a problem. On the other hand, your eyesight has come back a bit, or mostly. You know, you have a supportive spouse. It's not like you don't do anything. You know, you are still moving and and trying to do things and trying to make things better. So I want to thank you for being here. I want to thank you for uh, talking with me and, and letting others know kind of what your life is like now and what it was like before. Thank, thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I hope everyone has enjoyed this episode with Emo. I hope you can take something with you that we've talked about. See you on the radio. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Hand in Hand Show. We hope you enjoyed it. If you would like to keep the discussion going, please join Stroke Focus, the social media website dedicated to stroke survivors and caregivers. The website address is https colon backslash backslash www.strokefocus.net Stroke Focus is S-T-R-O-K-E-F-O-C-U-S Stroke Focus is a part of Wohala, which in Mandarin means I have survived. If you wish to be a part of the show or would like to be interviewed as part of the show, please contact us at contact at strokefocus.net.